This is ContraZoom, a live in limbo production. This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. My name is Dakota Arsenault, and I am joined by a very special guest today, uh, Mahek Saeed. How are you doing today? I'm good, Dakota. How's it going? I am great. We are going to be talking about the upcoming summer movies. Uh, so ranging from the traditional, when you think of summer movies, it's usually the big tentpole blockbuster action movie franchise ones. But I think there's also a lot of other interesting ones to see, whether it's, you know, uh, sequels, remakes of other movies or smaller indie ones, some dramas, some comedies. There's, there's a little bit of everything for everyone, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty diverse slate this summer, I feel like. I mean, even though we do have those temple big blockbuster movies coming out, as per usual, I think there's a good range of films out. A lot of animated movies coming out this year, a couple of horror flicks, so a few reboots slash weird sequels, so it should be good. I absolutely agree. Uh, so we're going to talk about movies that are coming out from May until August. Obviously, the ones that are in May and June, we have a lot more information about it, whether it's trailers, news, advanced screenings, things like that. So as we get to the end of the summer, we're sort of going to be grasping at straws a little bit as far as what the quality is going to be like. Um but before we get into those early ones, I briefly want to talk about a movie that uh, just came out in a limited release called Sing Street. I happened to, uh, I was able to catch an advanced screening of it, and we are from a music site, so <laughs> we might as well talk about a music-themed movie. This was really heartwarming and uplifting, but at the same time, really funny. It's a movie that features teenagers, but it's not really for teenagers it's definitely for you know we're both too young to have grown up in the 80s obviously but mm-hmm. it's sort of that ability to look back of growing up uh and the feelings you felt as a teenager that you felt were adult although they may not necessarily been very adult you know you still have to acknowledge that those feelings were real and that they helped you become who you are and that's what i really think that movie does great and plus the music is fantastic it has music from uh the cure and duran duran plus some original music that is very much themed after those bands along with stuff like hollow notes culture club all the great 80s pop rock sort of music and if you're a fan of uh john carney the director he's had two movies before that the first one was once which was a pretty popular one actually won the oscar for best original song and then last uh two years ago begin again which was also nominated for uh best original song at the oscars he sort of has a very uh niche subject of tapping into that element of what we all love about music and how it relates to life so i i just want to say i highly recommend sing street for you to go out and see it yes it's a film that's definitely on my radar i've heard amazing things about it how great of a coming of age story that it is and you gotta love the 80s nostalgia as well it's a good kick so i'm definitely looking out for that movie and hoping to check it out at some point this job we try to save as many people as we can Sometimes that doesn't mean everybody. But you don't give up.
New York. Washington, D.C. Sokovia. Okay, that's enough. Captain, people are afraid. All right, so let's get into what we think. Officially now, summer is May. So uh, we've got the first one coming up, Captain America Civil War. Uh, this is the latest adventure in the Marvel franchise, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it looks like it's going to be the most epic one yet. Yes, big, big movie. I feel like when Civil War was officially announced a couple of years ago when Marvel did their big unveiling of their whole phase three of the cinematic universe, Civil War was greeted with universal excitement uh, from all the fanboys and fangirls out there of the comic books. Uh, I personally have never read the Civil War comic books, but I know what a big place it has within the Marvel universe. And so I'm really excited to see it adapted. And everyone gets a little bit of a kick out of seeing all these cool characters come together on screen. And um, Civil War has got a whole bunch of people coming in. We've got Black Panther is going to be in there. Spider-Man, which is huge. Uh, so a lot of exciting things with that movie and a lot of pressure for the Rousse Rousseau brothers who are directing it. They directed the last film as well and a lot of anticipation for it. Yeah, I think probably the most interesting aspect about it is uh, we know that all these big stars that are in it sign these massive contracts, but we don't know exactly when their contracts are ending and civil war looks like there might be some key deaths in this movie that we don't know what exactly is going to be the fate of people like Iron Man, what's happening with Captain America, what's happening with a couple of the other big guys, because the plan is to eventually pass the torch. Robert Downey Jr. has very clearly stated he does not want to be playing Iron man forever which is kind of interesting because he just signed on for the spider-man homecoming film which is due out in 2017 i believe um and he he's extended uh the role to that film so i can only I, I always take whatever he says about iron man with a grain of salt because that film franchise has done a lot for his career and he plays tony stark incredibly well and it's kind of an iconic character at this point so uh, I'll have to see whether or not he actually sticks to his guns on that one. But you're right. There are a lot of characters and their fates that we're going to see how it plays out with this movie and eventually how it's going to impact the rest of the universe, including the uh, two Avenger sequels that are due out in a couple of years. All right. Uh, so what, what do we what else do we got next? So. Not that this is necessarily everyone's number one pick, but the Angry Birds movie is coming out. Uh, I'm a little bit excited about it just because I am insanely obsessed with the game and kind of fascinated with the way that Rovio Entertainment has expanded the whole merchandising and um, world development of Angry Birds. I think it looks like a fun movie. I'm a big fan of animated films. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is voicing voicing a, the main character in the film. Uh, Bill Hader is doing another one. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and whether the fans of the mobile game will actually head out to the theater to check it out. It's interesting because I don't... <sighs> 
I'm wondering, is there going to be a lot of crossover as far as, oh, I, I really love this game. I need to see this movie. Or is this just going to be people who either are going because it's a family film, going because they like animated film, going just because it looks like it's funny? It's it's sort of an interesting test to see what exactly their demographic and market is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because how many people played the Angry Birds game, how many people played it just because it was a fun cell phone game and how many people played it because they were intrigued with this idea of birds knocking off these pigs that have stolen their land or whatever the story behind it is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think uh, I think when they first designed the game, they definitely struck gold in terms of the cutesiness and probably had some sort of vision as to where they could take that outside of our handheld devices. Uh, whether or not the fans are solely, or the people who go see this movie are solely fans of the actual game, I kind of doubt that, but I think it's a, it'll be a good selling point for a lot of families out there when it comes out in May. For sure. Um, and then we have another superhero action style one with X-Men Apocalypse. This is the third film in the sort of rebooted quasi continuation (laughs) storyline of the originals, um, X-Men Apocalypse. And it's really, it's, it's really interesting the way that they've taken this franchise. The last one days of future past got really dark and really weird. And Mm -hmm. so I wonder, are they going to continue with this sort of dark and weirdness? Because, you know, there were, there were a lot of faults that I had with Days of Future Past, but I will not fault in the fact that it was at least one of the more original superhero movies that are out there. It is nothing like the Marvel movies. It is nothing like the DC movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really its own beast. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think Fox is definitely going to continue that trend of doing a slightly darker tone film. And I know they tried with Fantastic Four last year and it didn't work out too well, but with X-Men Apocalypse, you know, Apocalypse is, again, a huge, huge character and villain uh, within that mythology. And I remember as a kid watching the cartoon show and that segment of the show being so incredibly popular and exciting for everyone who was watching it. And there's a lot of anticipation. I mean, you've got Oscar Isaac, who's playing this really famous character. uh, And we're bringing in a whole bunch of new actors and actresses into the franchise as well. Um, And then, of course, classic people. We got Michael Fassbender returning and James McAvoy and Jennifer Lawrence. And the whole gang is back together once again. Yeah, it's they sort of have the same issue going on that Marvel has where they're trying to cram a ton of characters. And this one in particular has a ton of new characters. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what that balance is going to be like. We saw as far as Days of Future Past goes, there were, you know, characters that were introduced and then maybe had two minutes of screen time and then they die for the sake of continuing the story. And you have to wonder how some of these characters are going to fare in this movie as well. So that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to see because they seem to cast bigger and bigger names in all of their bit parts. Definitely. I think, you know, from what I'm kind of seeing with the promotion for the film and the stars that they've gotten to sign on for characters like Jean Grey, um, who, who's being played by Sophie Turner from the Game of Thrones series. Um, and they've got young a young storm. They've got uh, Cyclops in there. So I feel like they're trying to create this new generation of future stars and hopefully use them as the base for uh, expanding the universe for future films and the franchise as well. Um, 
it's interesting to see how much they're going to bank on these uh, actors and actresses. And I think some of them are extremely talented and I'm excited to see how they play out in this movie. Absolutely. Um, now the next one, I believe you've seen, haven't you? I have. Uh, so Dakota actually added this into the mix and I've spoken about the lobster on a previous podcast, but it is one of the best movies that I've seen in the last year. I saw it at TIFF last year absolutely adored it it's hilarious it's a dark comedy uh it's weirdly romantic it's got great performances from uh colin farrell and rachel wise who are the the two protagonists in the story and it's just i i can't stop raving about it and i don't want to talk too much about it and spoil it for anyone who's out there but i would definitely recommend checking it out i've seen this trailer like 20 times already and every time i laugh at all the same parts and i just the I like it when Colin Farrell sort of plays against type. Uh, mm-hmm. He sort of subverted his image in movies like in, in Bruges. Uh, and I think this is another good subversion of his uh, typical tough uh, sort of exterior mm-hmm. where it's it's very going to be a very oddball character. And I'm very excited to see it finally because I've been hearing so many good things as it played around the festival circuit. And this has been what on the docket to come out for almost two years now. Yeah. It it came out in the UK and Ireland a while ago, or there was a lot of promotion going on for it a while back. So it's finally coming to light in North America. It's been playing in Toronto at the Tiff Bell Lightbox for a couple of weeks now, which is really great. And I'm happy that it's getting the wide release that it deserves. Yeah. I, I, won't believe it though until i'm in the theater (laughs) and the end credits are rolling until then i will be skeptical about its release date okay we'll have another episode dedicated to that movie once you've seen it so we can all get excited and talk about the hype about the movie i don't think that's about it lives up to it yeah we're we're gonna do it all right uh and then our last one for may is the nice guys Mm -hmm. um which has Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe teaming up to be a, uh, a period piece as they are 1970s private investigators, uh, directed by Shane Black, who did the very excellent Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And if the trailer is any indication, it is going to be very similar. It's going to be rough and intense and very tightly wound, but at the same time, really darkly funny. Mm-hmm. I, I actually never got a chance to see Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, unfortunately. But I think I'm kind of liking the direction that the promotion for this film is going in and seeing Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling as this kind of oddball buddy cop scenario. I'm not quite sure what their characters are going to be like in the actual movie. Uh, but they seem like an interesting duo together. Yeah. Uh, Gosling seems to be playing up his uh, sort of schmuck persona that he does mm-hmm. from time to time, especially in his comedy roles. I notice when he's in funny movies, he's usually uh, the the schmucky loser who can't do anything right. Yet when he's in dramatic roles, he's usually the the baddest ass of the the group. So mm-hmm. it's sort of interesting how he's able to to weave through the two genres. And this is very much going to be Russell Crowe playing a Russell Crowe part with a little bit of humor peppered in, but the humor will probably come from, hey, I'm tough Russell Crowe. Yeah. Sort of thing. <laughs> but did you see them at the Oscars together? They definitely, like, they kept showing them backstage together, and I think they presented an award or introduced something together, and they definitely have chemistry. So I'm excited for that. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's actually when I first kind of caught wind that they were doing a film together. I had no idea up until that point. And that's when I started to look out for the nice guys. And I saw the trailer recently and I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good film. We try beautician. Turns out hot wax is not my friend. I'm running out of options for you here, Louisa. Please, I'll take anything. And this is new care and companionship for a disabled man. Do you have any experience of caregiving? Um, I've never done it, but I'm sure I could learn. Then that's only well. Will, this is Louisa Clark. Nathan will talk you through Will's routines and equipment. You don't have to talk across me, Mother. My brain isn't paralyzed. Yet. Good morning. Oh, he hates me. Every time I speak, he looks at me like I'm stupid. To be fair, you are pretty stupid. Yeah, but he doesn't know that yet. <laughs> So let's go on to June, which is, you know, just as it's starting to get warm, you're going to want somewhere to go where it's a little bit cool and the movie theater is a great place for the air conditioning and to escape oh, yes. the heat for a few hours. Mm-hmm. And kind of a good time for date nights in the summer as well. Uh, the first movie that is on the radar for June is a film called Me Before You. It's based on a book by an author named Jojo Moyes and there's also a sequel to the book. I personally haven't read it yet, but it's all that the internet is talking about these days. And the trailer has been out for a little while. So the film stars Sam Claflin and Amelia Clark, uh, also from Game of Thrones. And Sam Claflin was in the Hunger Games uh, series. Uh, they basically, uh, Amelia Clark is this sort of oddball, lives life to the fullest type of character, uh, rotates in a lot of different jobs, and she ends up working for this wealthy man who has been handicapped due to an unfortunate accident. And as their lives sort of merge together, they find a lot of similarities and fall in love, at least from what I can tell from the trailer. For the book fans out there, I'm sorry if I did it any injustice, but it looks like a great date night movie it's a you know definitely a tearjerker i know a lot of people that i've seen the trailer with have been asking me about it and keep crying about it literally speaking so i think it's definitely one to look out for this summer (laughs) possibly a sleeper hit yeah yeah well i watched the trailer and i don't think i'm the target demographic (laughs) but it does look you know cutesy enough and uh and i do like amelia clark i think she's a a talented actress Mm -hmm. and looks like um there's some good supporting actors in it, especially um, uh, Skinny Sexy Neville from yes. Harry Potter, um, yes. which I think this is probably one will be one of his coming out parties since, you know, uh, people realized how ridiculously hot he is. Absolutely. Well, you know, after all those magazine covers, it's it'd be nice to see him back on the big screen again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, next up is, I don't know why I'm introducing this movie, The Conjuring <laughs> 2. Uh, I will admit to anyone, I am afraid of horror movies. I do not watch them. I do not like them. Uh, so I'm going to let you talk about this one. Yeah, sure. So The Conjuring uh, is a film that came out about three years ago, I believe. And it absolutely terrified me. It's directed by James Wan, who was also involved in the Insidious uh, series as well. I Here's the thing. I'm kind of like, I, I love horror movies, but anything related to things like exorcism and, you know, the devil and po- getting possessed and everything, it freaks me out, but I'm still going to watch it. And The Conjuring was one film that, successfully horrified me to the point where I had to watch the last half an hour 
uh, through the gaps between my fingers because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stare at the screen the entire time. So with that being said, I'm really excited to experience it all over again this summer. Uh, it is a sequel with, um, with uh, Vera Farmiga, who's in it, and Patrick Wilson. They were in the original film as well, loosely based on a true story about a couple who investigates supernatural um, stories and occurrences and tries to get to the bottom of them. And so in this film, they've encountered another family that's uh, also being plagued by some sort of demonic presence. And the first film was done extremely well. As I said, I was terrified. And I'm kind of excited to be really terrified again this summer. So looking forward to it. Yeah, you can you can have that all on your own. <laughs> I'll probably just be alone in a theater screaming. And I'll probably be the only one who actually goes and sees this movie. <laughs> but I'll, I'll still do it. I'll put myself out there and I'll, I'll take one for the team. Well, I want to sleep tonight. So can you please talk about something else? Yeah. Um, there's a really amazing animated film coming out in June called Finding Dory. Did, were you a fan of the original? I really did. Uh, I, I, Finding Finding Nemo I, was a hilarious movie. And for some reason, when I was younger, I liked to pretend that I didn't like the Pixar movies. And then like, <laughs> I would sit down and watch them. And then I'd begrudgingly go, yeah, all right. Yeah, that was pretty good, I guess. Oh, that was funny <laughs> and smart. Yeah. And the cast was great and the animation was good. All right. Yeah, I like the movie. Um, that said, I'm a little curious about why they're doing this i i haven't been a fan of pixar recently mm -hmm. uh a lot of what they're doing although i really did love inside out uh I, I think they are a lot stronger when they are focusing on their original ideas and not on their sequels mm -hmm. i think a lot of people would agree with you but i think for me i was a huge fan of finding nemo as well when it first came out and this terrifies me to say this out loud, but that was a decade ago and I was a young teenager when the original came out. And now I'm in my mid-20s, so that's a really fun fact for everyone. But I, I think that, you know, I know Disney talked about it, about doing a sequel to Finding Nemo for a long time because the original property was so successful and is still to this day such a memorable film and kids still love it. The kids who are watching Pixar movies now, they still enjoy seeing that. Um, but they they never fully committed until a couple of years ago. And I, I don't think they would return to this property unless they had a really good idea because of how beloved that original film was. Uh, and, you know, it'll be great to see Ellen DeGeneres voice Dory once more and see that character back on the big screen and see how entertaining she can be. And I'm personally just hoping that the turtles make it come back because they were my favorite part of the first film. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it's I am apprehensive going in. And if it is good, solid, great, whatever, I would not be surprised mm -hmm. uh, because I know that that Pixar does have, you know, that magic up their sleeves. And I and I and I do hope that it is a good movie because I did enjoy the original and I hope that they don't really ruin the original or the franchise or however you want to look at it by, um, you know, um, rehashing all the same old jokes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I do hope that the story is worthwhile enough for it to continue on and tell a new story. Um, next up, we have another long, 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 <laughs> Uh, delayed sequel or however you want to look at 
Independence Day Resurgence. Now, I know this is heresy, but I have not seen the original, as I told you before we recorded. So I know. You got it... all of your cursing out at me before, <laughs> but feel free to chastise me a bit more if you want. It blows my mind, Dakota, that you haven't seen Independence Day. And I will say, you know, when I'm watching it now, after 20 years of it, you know, since its first, since its original release, the first film, which again, really shocks me. This is not a good movie to as a benchmark for my life right now, or a good <laughs> summer for movies to benchmark my life. But um it, you know, when you watch it now, it definitely has a lot of supreme cheese. It's patriotic or supposedly patriotic in the weirdest of ways. Um, but it had its charm. I'm not going to lie to you. It was one of the films that was constantly on rotation in my house, along with Star Wars, Jurassic Park, and Top Gun. I of Jeff Goldblum. I'm so excited to see him back in this character again, since I didn't get him in the Malcolm role back last summer for Jurassic World. Uh, Liam Hemsworth is in this movie, so a lot of people are going to come out for him as well. And it's just, uh, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to play out in terms of the story, and they're really kind of pushing towards the the idea that like time has passed, and they're acknowledging that in the sequel, and Spoiler alert once again, but Will Smith's character is not in this movie and they've actually killed him off completely. That's not a thing from the movie. It's like been a publicly released fact, guys, okay? So it's not too heavy of a spoiler. So I'm curious to see what direction they're going to take this movie in and whether or not they're going to try and build a new franchise surrounding it because they never really, they never did that with the original film and it's been 20 years since it, since the first film came out. I personally think the trailer looks like a hot mess, but I think <laughs> no matter how good or bad this movie is, this movie will make well over a billion dollars at the box office. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a hit, you know, the same way that Jurassic World did extremely well last year and had a lot of mixed to negative reviews, but people went out for it. And I know people like my father will definitely be heading out just to see the United States and the entire world kick alien butt. Yeah, you basically have 20 years worth of people growing up on that movie and loving it. And, you know, the sort of tentpole style action movie that it is, it basically checks off just about every mark of the summer movie movie going public. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, so moving on, what do we got next? So there is a film starring one of my favorite SNL alumni. His name is Andy Samberg, and he is producing slash creating slash starring in a film called Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. So obviously this is some sort of play on uh, Never Say Never, the Justin Bieber documentary. How closely it actually relates to that, I'm unsure, but I am totally on board for anything related to Andy Samberg and uh, his buddies over at the Lonely Island. So they've created this film surrounding a pop star and it's going to be just a lot of parodies and jokes and hopefully it'll make my heart sing with laughter yes i actually said that about an andy sandberg movie <laughs> i'm a bit of a sucker for uh mockumentaries and i think this is going to be a uh... A really good one. I was never huge into Andy Samberg in the SNL days. I liked some of the uh, skits that he pre-recorded with The Lonely Island. Uh, I wasn't a fan of his live stuff. But then since he's been on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, mm -hmm. that is by far the funniest show on TV right now. I like... 
I, that move, that TV show is insanely quotable and I love each and every character. And I think while Samberg is pretty good at his role, I think he does a really good job at allowing other people to shine too, because I believe he is a producer on that as well. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate what he's able to, to have assemble. And I think that with his, hand in pop star along with uh his buddies uh yorma and uh, akiva uh that i think a movie like this is in good hands all you have to do is like look through the cast list on imdb and not only see a million funny people but just look at like what their character names are and you yeah and you already start to laugh and you're like oh man i can't wait to see what they do with that even if it's just like a 30 second sight gag or something like that with someone I'm I'm already sold. Yeah, definitely. It seems like there's going to be a lot of great cameos in this movie as well. Basically, I'm just hoping that it'll be one continuous SNL digital short for an hour and a half. And I was always a big fan of those. So I'm totally game to go to the theater and watch one of them for an hour and a half. It looks so stupid, but I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, same here. All right. So the last movie we've got for June, we already talked about one Harry Potter alum, but now mm-hmm. let's go to the main one. There's a movie coming out called Swiss Army Man. And just watching that trailer alone is going to, it's a real head scratcher about what this even is. It's a movie starring Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. And it's about Paul Dano is stranded on a desert island and he comes across uh, what appears to be the corpse of Daniel Radcliffe. And he, I don't know if this is a fantasy type movie. I don't know if this is a movie about Paul Dano going insane or if it's <laughs> a mix of both. But for some reason, this corpse is both alive and not alive in Paul Dano's head. And Swiss Army Man literally means he is able to do anything and everything for Paul Dano. So you're basically watching. Daniel Radcliffe act dead, but also literally do anything and everything that comes into Paul Dano's head. So I'm really curious about what this movie is going to be like. And the trailer alone has this real oddball, obscure comedy style that I'm kind of curious about. Definitely. It's one of the films, I think, coming out of Sundance this year that I've never seen being so closely associated with the word flatulence as I have with this film. Uh, But if you watch the trailer, you'll understand what I'm saying. But a lot of people were talking about it coming out of Sundance. Um, And I'm, I want to see it just, just because I like weird movies like this and I tend to find them pretty humorous or interesting. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm interested to, just to see how it all pans out. And you know, if a 24, the distributor likes it, I'm pretty much on board because they've got a great roster of films. So Yeah, and it's interesting how Daniel Radcliffe is basically doing everything in his power to shed his Harry Potter image. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he started that out by trying to branch out and do stuff that would be very different, like the when he was doing the horror movie stuff and then doing romantic lead stuff. And I think he's now finally sort of settling into a nice little career niche where he's able to do what he wants and Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be on a big scale like this is this is about as small of a movie as as you can be in yeah absolutely and it's nice to see that he's at that point where he can kind of flex his creativity in different directions and in places where he actually wants to be outside of the wizarding world which it's been a couple years now i know but he'll it'll be hard to escape that association for a long time (laughs) it's been long enough where 
where I look at it and like even even the first few years when he was doing really off kilter stuff, seeing him and stuff, I would still go, oh, yeah, it's Harry Potter. I, mm-hmm. I think I'm finally past associating Daniel Radcliffe with Harry Potter. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if there are some people out there who still are unsure about it, I would definitely recommend checking out a film called uh, Kill Your Darlings. He is fantastic in that film. Uh, and I also was a big fan of The F Word, which was shot here in Toronto. It's a sort of romantic comedy, but it'll it'll persuade you that he's moved on to greener pastures. And he just seems like a really great guy. So, you know, I, yeah. I do I do wish him all the best. Yeah, absolutely. It was the witching hour when the boogeyman comes out. The girls say the witching hour arrives at midnight. I think it comes at three in the morning when I'm the only one left awake. Like now. All right, so now we're going to go into the dog days of summer of July. Uh, yes. What do we have first up on the docket? Now we're getting into the thick of the summer um, summertime. And one of the first films coming out in July, which I'm really ecstatic about, is the adaptation of the classic Roald Dahl book, The BFG. So this film is being directed and produced by Steven Spielberg. Um, it's a combination of live action and CGI uh, Mark Rylance, who won the Academy Award uh, for Best Supporting Actor this year uh, in Bridge of Spies, he is playing the CGI character, the BFG, the big friendly giant. Um, and it's it's going to be exciting. I think it's such a, a well-beloved and such a closely cherished novel for so many people, uh, a lot of kids who grew up in the 80s and 90s particularly. And I think it's a story that's that should have been on the big screen a long time ago, but regardless, it's coming out now and Spielberg is at the head of it. And I'm excited to see how he brings that visionary story to life. Yeah. This is a movie where I've been hearing some good things about, and I enjoyed Roald Dahl when I was uh, growing up. But at the same time, I'm not super anxious to see this movie, even though mm-hmm. I've seen the trailer. Um, it definitely seems like it's got a lot of stuff going on. I'm so, I'm so on the fence about Steven Spielberg these last, you know, decade or so of his career because I, I, I'm it bugs me that he's become such a safe director. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really wish he would take some more risks. Uh, that said, you know, doing doing a family-friendly movie like this, I do think he's able to capture some of the magic he still has as far as his talent allows him to. Mm-hmm. And Mark Rylant was easily the best thing of part of Bridge of Spies, so I'm excited to see that we'll get to see him again in such a, a big, prominent role because mm-hmm. he definitely deserves the exposure. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be exciting and, you know, hopefully exciting uh, to see new generations be introduced to the story um, because Roald Dahl was such a big part of a lot of people's childhood. And I, I hope that he continues to have that presence in, you know, today's generation. So hopefully this film will bring them back into his novels and hopefully they'll get interested in his stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Next up, we have the remake of the classic 80s film Ghostbusters, which yeah. has now been rebooted with an all-female cast. 
Oh. Yeah, this is a big one. This is a big, big movie coming out this summer. And not just because it's a, a reboot, but also because we're doing it with an all-female cast. Um, it's been a long time coming. And I don't know. How do you feel about it, Dakota? I'm I'm worried. I don't think it will be good. I don't think it will do well at the box office. But what I'm worried about is the inevitable sort of think pieces that are going to come out regarding uh, females doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Where if it is a failure, just the idea of reading about why, you know, the movie going public or men or whatever don't find women funny or whatever stupid things are going to come out when in reality, it just doesn't look like it's going to be very funny. You know, you have uh, the characters looking like they're caricatures, just that they're stereotypes, that there's no real depth to it, that like you can right away pinpoint what the types of jokes that they're going to say. And, and I'm just not looking forward to the reaction that this movie is going to get. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was, I was so on board with Melissa McCarthy after bridesmaids, um, thinking that, Oh wow, we've got this great comedic star coming. And then just about every movie she's done since then, it's been a huge flop and she has, she's barely made me smile she, I, I felt that she was the type of, of performer who maybe she just needs the right director to be able to rein in all of her manic energy and focus it. Mm-hmm. But Ghostbusters was directed by Paul Feig, who directed Bridesmaids, and that I'm, I'm not very excited about what I'm going to see. I think it's just going to be jokes about how she's the obnoxious, loud, fat one of the group. Yeah, I, I really wish Melissa McCarthy could escape that sort of character, character stereotype or, you know, she tends to play that type of role in a lot of the comedy films that she's been a part of over the last couple of years. That being said, she's still insanely popular. She is a huge draw uh, for a lot of moviegoers. That's why The Boss has been as successful as it has been, you know, despite the not so great reviews that it's received. I, I'm holding out for this film. I, I, I want to, believe that there's going to be some comedic gems in there and you know it is the ghostbusters property there's a lot of anticipation for it i i did love uh paul and melissa's uh, collaboration last year for the film spy i actually think that was a big redemption you know big piece of her redemption uh was in that movie and she did really well in it I'm excited that, you know, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, who's one of my favorite people on SNL right now, Leslie Jones, who's hilarious. I do like this cast quite a bit. There's going to be cameos from um, from uh, Bill Murray. I know he's going to be in there. I think they got Dan Aykroyd as well. So it'll be nice to see all these characters on the big screen together. Whether or not it's going to be as funny as we hope it to be, I, I don't know, but I'll hold out. I'll hold out for it. All right. Uh, all right. What else have we got then? So another tentpole franchise film that's making a return to the theater this summer is Jason Bourne. So it is the fourth uh, film within the direct series uh, between which was starring Matt Damon as the title character Jason Bourne. Uh, Paul Greengrass is back as director. We did have that uh, sort of spinoff film couple of years ago with Jeremy Renner and, you know, lukewarm reception for that film. But I think having Matt Damon back in this very classic spy character, 
uh, with Paul Greengrass at the helm of this movie. It's going to be good. The trailer just came out last week, um, and it looks great. I'm excited for it. I love that the original trilogy, and I, I used to watch that quite a bit growing up. Oddly enough, I watched it out of sequence. Oh, really? What, yeah, what order so, did you watch it? So I watched the third one the first time. Like It was the third, the first, and the second. That's how I, that's how I first encountered the series. Don't ask me why, but that's how it happened. And then I slowly pieced it all together like I was Jason Bourne. So it was a very nice <laughs> meta experience for me. You know, I think the Bourne movies as a whole seem to be forgotten about just how great they really are. They, mm-hmm. for some reason, like they're, you watch them and you go, wow, this is a really great inventive action movie that is not what you're used to seeing. And then six months later, it's sort of forgotten about the quality of it other than like, oh yeah, yeah, there's lots of shaky camera and, you know, Matt Damon being Matt Damon sort of thing where mm-hmm. it just means it was, it was good enough. Um, those original three were really great. And then they tried to continue it with Jeremy Renner. And wow, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> I actually never watched it just because I I didn't know if I wanted to, if I I wasn't sure if it would affect my original experience uh, with the trilogy, or I shouldn't say my original original experience because that was totally out of order and whack. But um, you know, my actual enjoyment of the trilogy, I just wasn't sure how it would add to that story in a satisfying way. So yeah. I kind of avoided it. It, it really, it, it was a hot mess. And it's a shame because I really do like Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the idea of that they're bringing it back, it's just sort of like the, all right, well, we acknowledged we failed, but let's keep pumping them out sort of thing that I, I, I'm not really a fan of, of current Hollywood that idea of well let's just keep pumping them out um so i'm i'm apprehensive uh the trailer you know sort of just seem it almost seems like it's a parody of the trilogy of of matt damon ones so it's a little odd mm-hmm. uh i'll probably won't see this in theater i'll probably wait for it to come out before i check it out fair enough i will likely see it in theater in theaters with my dad because he will insist on seeing Matt Damon as Matt Damon as Jason Bourne on the big screen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, And then to go more of a funny route, we have uh, another actor who is uh, desperately trying to shed his early image (laughs) in Mike and Dave need wedding dates, which stars Zac Efron, who, um, who is basically doing his damnedest to make people forget that he was ever in any sort of family friendly movie by being in the most raunchy films he could possibly be in. I don't think he's done a yep, non basically. Film. Yeah, exactly. Um, he actually has two films coming out this summer. So we do have Mike and Dave need wedding dates and he's also going to be starring in the sequel to the Seth Rogen bonanza called Neighbors, Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. That's out in um, May, I believe. And that's going to be, you know, it'll just be a continuation of whatever experience people have with that movie. They'll go back to the theater to see Zac Efron in another ridiculous comedy role. Um, But I'm excited for the supporting cast for this film because I love Anna Kendrick and I love Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, I think the two of them makes it more interesting to me than the idea of Zac Efron and Adam Devine as the leads. Yeah, I I, I love both of them individually, um, meaning Aubrey and Anna. 
so I, I think they'll they'll create some good comedic magic together in that film. At least I'm hoping that they will. I'm I'm a little curious to see what direction this movie will actually take as far as uh, how far they're going to go for the R-rated comedy because you have Aubrey Plaza who who really does go out there and can do some weird stuff and, and Adam Devine I think has doesn't even know what the word boundary means <laughs> but then you have Anna Kendrick who for the most part has played it pretty safe like even in, in Pitch Perfect which has a bit of the edgy comedy moments she definitely is is constantly the straight person in that series so i'm i'm wondering exactly how uh risque or raunchy this movie will get i know hopefully she takes some cues from her own personal twitter feed because if you guys aren't following her it's hilarious and she says some pretty outrageous things on there um so hopefully she'll find some inspiration or maybe the script will find inspiration from her real life comedic ways because she's pretty hilarious and she has a book coming out, which I can't wait for. Yeah. So I, I hope it all works out. It's going to be one of those movies that is just going to be stupidly funny and probably will not be anything special or great or mind blowing, but enough for a good laugh. If you, if you're looking for something funny in the summer. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, so we have a, another movie coming out in July, and it's another sort of crime action drama type of film. But it stars Brian Cranston as a agent named Robert Mazur. It's a real, it's a true story, and he he worked at uh, Federal Customs, and he basically assisted with busting a Pablo Escobar organization that was doing some money laundering and some not so legitimate things. Uh, which sounds pretty interesting to me. I love Brian Cranston. Diane Kruger is on there. Benjamin Bratt is also starring in the film. Uh, so it should it could be it could be a good film to check out. I, I'm really not too sure what to expect from it. Yeah, I, I liked Cranston quite a bit in um, uh, the movie that he was in just this past year. Um, uh, Trumbo. Trumbo. Yes, thank you. Uh, where he was nominated for for best actor. I wasn't a fan of the movie overall, but mm-hmm. I thought Cranston was pretty solid in that. Yeah, I agree. Um, as Cranston usually is, and this movie looks like it'll kind of give him the opportunity to be over the top. As that's sort of his specialty. He he really thrives in chewing on the scenery and being over the top and and full of energy and life. It just mm-hmm. has to matter of does the does the rest of the script sort of match his intensity and do the people that surround him sort of have a similar feeling as well? Because that was one of my issues with Trumbo was that he was in one movie and everyone else was in a completely different movie than he was. Yeah, absolutely. He, I think Brian Cranston is really good at adapting characters and really committing to them. And I think Trumbo, he did a fantastic job of doing that. But the tone of his performance and the sort of level at which he reached was very different from everyone else's. Uh, the only exception I might say is Elle Fanning, because she she was really great in that film as his daughter. But um, he has a tendency to stand out. And sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes it it's not as great as it sounds. So let's see how it plays out in this movie, The Infiltrator. I'm looking forward to it because... Cranston's great. I know what you're thinking. How the heck does a 52-year-old over-the-hill milkshake machine salesman 
build a fast food empire with 1,600 restaurants at an annual revenue of $700 million. One word. Persistence. All right, and then at the end of summer in August, we have, as it's starting to wind down, the maybe not necessarily the less prestigious ones, but definitely they're sort of slapped in there at the end where you have a real mixed bag of stuff that, you know, specifically waits for the later weekend so it doesn't have any big competition mm -hmm. uh, and stuff that's sort of just dumped there as well. Um First up, we have a movie called The Founder, which is starring, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. That's right. Starring Michael Keaton as, uh, the, not the real founder of McDonald's, but the quote unquote real founder of McDonald's. If anyone is unfamiliar with the story, uh, Ray Kroc purchased the McDonald's brand from the McDonald brothers and mm -hmm. sort of morphed it into the restaurant we know today. And this movie looks like it's a combination of sort of uh, satire on capitalism while at the same time being a serious drama. Yeah, definitely. Which seems to be something that Michael Keaton is really doing well in his uh, renaissance, um, especially something like Birdman, where that it really straddled those lines of satirical comedy and really um, biting drama. And it looks like that's going to kind of continue that trend, especially it seems very much like uh, he will be winking at the camera, at the audience of what is going on. Yeah, I could definitely see some sort of breaking of the fourth wall in that film. Um, but I'm excited. I, I love Michael Keaton. I think the last couple of films that he's been in have been fantastic. And it's it kind of feels like this, it's like you said, a renaissance, but it's someone who really deserves it. Uh, and I, I think he he the work that he's been producing over the last little while has been fantastic. I saw the trailer uh, for The Founder. It just came out last week. I'm I'm interested. I'm interested in the story. It's one that I came across frequently in my economics classes uh, during my undergrad and even during high school. So I'm pretty familiar with it. But I, I want to see how Michael Keaton elevates it to a different level and brings that, like you said, that balance of sort of drama, satirical comedy uh, to the screen. And it's sort of interesting because the person who looked the most serious in the trailer for it was none other than Nick Offerman, mm -hmm. who uh, everyone knows from Parks and Rec as Ron Swanson, who is decidedly a not very serious person. Um, so I'm uh, I'm excited to see what he does in a in a more grounded role for him. Absolutely. Do you think this might trickle into award season? I think if it's strong enough, I would not be surprised because it always seems like there's there's a couple films that get released early in the year and a couple that don't really conform to the traditional Academy standards as far as it being, you know, um, war movies, period pieces, uh, things like that, uh, where they're all super serious and stuffy. There always seems to be at least a few movies, especially since they've expanded the field of Oscar Best Picture nominees to up to 10. Mm -hmm. Or something like this. If this is a solid movie, I would definitely say it, that it's in contention for, you know, uh, a best picture, potentially best actor nomination for, for Michael Keaton. And who knows where, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the script is what is solid, if that gets a nomination as well. 
yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it actually ends up being and what kind of role it's going to play in this year's award season. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, another film that I I think I'm I'm going to go out here and say that this is my number one most anticipated film of the summer. It is Suicide Squad, which is out this August. Um, it is a DC film property. So once again, DC film they're expanding their universe and they took us. Big, big step and a kind of weirdly controversial step with Batman versus Superman. And now they're once again heading out with Suicide Squad. So for those who don't know, it's basically a band of anti-heroes and sort of villains who come together to try and do some good under the supervision of Viola Davis, who stars in the film as a sort of federal agent. It's got an all-star cast. Will Smith is there. Uh, Jay Courtney I'm personally extremely excited for Margot Robbie to take over everyone's lives this summer because she has been the star of every promotional trailer that's been out so far. Uh, Of course, we've got Jared Leto, who's starring as Joker in the film. And it seems that Batman might make an appearance in Suicide Squad as well. Not to mention, it was filmed in Toronto. It was the talk of the entire city last summer. I caught a little bit of filming on Young Street, so I can't wait to see it all play out on the big screen and see how well DC does with this film. I haven't seen Batman versus Superman yet. Uh, I, I, I do want to, but it's been, it's been seemingly very mixed results as far as what people think of it between it was all right to it sucked. Uh, there has been a ton of praise for it, but that said, I'm, I'm still very excited for suicide squad. It definitely is one of the most, it's definitely one of the most excited I've been for a superhero movie in a long time. Um, so I hope it, you know, it really plays up that crazy factor and it, it's, it's weird. It seems like this movie should be out by now because we've been seeing trailers for this movie for what seems like almost a year now. Mm-hmm. Well, it has been because they dropped the first trailer last August, which is crazy to think because they were either just wrapping production or had already wrapped maybe two or three weeks prior to the first release. And from that first teaser alone, it was very well constructed. The, the the VFX that were in there looked fantastic already. And again, Margot Robbie debuted very strong in that trailer. And she, I think after the first reaction to it, the excitement has been generating over the last you know six to eight months. And I think the way they've gone about the promotional strategy has been really strong. Uh, throughout this year so far and I think by the time August comes you know for once I don't think we're going to experience that sort of summer blockbuster fatigue I think it's smart that DC has held on to this August release date for Suicide Squad because people are excited about it and they're going to continue to be excited about it even through the various big tentpole movies that we've got coming out I just hope that they didn't spoil everything in the trailers yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems like there are a few key scenes revealed in there. I'm I'm a little bit curious about the tone of the movie as well, because the first trailer was a lot more serious and dramatic, whereas the second one where they had Bohemian Rhapsody play over it and the way they kind of edited and cut it together, it seems very offbeat comedy, you know, very um, kind of kind of a weird, weird humor to it. Um, so I'm not really sure what to expect. 
And I think that's part of why I'm excited for the movie. I don't think we're going to get a cookie cutter film with this story. All right. So the last one that we're going to talk about is a movie called War Dogs, which mm-hmm. stars um, uh, Miles Teller and Jonah Hill. And they play these two young guys who manage to score uh, contracts to uh, arm the U.S. Army uh, through the Pentagon by uh, lowballing their uh, contracting bid in as a joke and end up having to actually supply the U.S. Army with weapons and guns and ammunition and things like that. This mm-hmm. is a... This is actually based, I, it's a true story. And I remember reading this story about these two guys in Rolling Stone a few years ago. And it was just such a crazy story. I wish I had remembered it better, but it just seemed like, you know, um, crazy is even like beginning to describe what these guys end up going through, but like their own excess and hubris is basically, is basically the enemy in this is, is how far are they able to take this and at what costs and, and, and what they're going to do to each other, both uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, like everything that, that that's going on. And I think we've got two very strong actors who are both able to push the limits. Definitely. It's, it's a, I, I'm not sure what to expect from this movie because I, I feel like, you know, we, we know Jonah Hill is really good in these kind of common, this sort of com- combined role of drama and comedy. Like he, he knows how to balance them really well. And then Miles Teller has had some really great moments in his career so far. I, I, I want to see how, you know, because I think they, they both have very unique styles in terms of their acting and their, they have certain strengths and I want to see how it, how it comes together in this type of movie, because I don't know how, what kind of tone it's going to take on exactly. I, to be honest, I haven't checked out to see if there are any trailers out yet, so I'm not too sure. Uh, but just by the story alone, it sounds very intriguing. It sounds like it could be like a sort of slick criminal war comedy type of movie. Um, and I, I, I'm just, I'm curious to see how both of their styles will come into play in the story. There, there is a trailer out. Um, okay. It's the movie's actually directed by Todd Phillips, who's most famous for doing the Hangover movies, uh, and then some other ones as well, including uh, Old School, Due Date, uh, and some other stuff that I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. But I'm, you know, ever since Hangover One, it's been. Uh, uh, less and less return on investment as far as the quality of Todd Phillips movies. Yeah, definitely. So I, I hope that, you know, he, he had joked that after he had made the hangover, um, it basically afforded him to do whatever he wanted to do in his career for the rest of his life, which is very much true because it bought him so much goodwill and brought the studio in so much money that he doesn't need really to get permission to, you know, oh, can I do this type of movie? Can I not do this? It's like, this is what I'm doing next. And so I really hope that, you know, since the hangover stuff has worn down, that he actually listened to the complaints that people had with both the second and the third films Mm -hmm. to make a movie that, you know, maybe is a bit more of a gut punch. That's a bit more of a reality check, uh, than, you know, let's just go all out gross out. Uh, how far can we take a joke before that horse is completely beaten dead? Yeah, definitely. You know, and it's, I think it's important to note it's been a couple of years since the last hangover movie came out and, 
you know, with a franchise like that and a trilogy like that, there is going to be a lot of exhaustion by the end of it. There's only so much, so much comedy that you can pack into it or of that, that sort of level of humor that, you know, it worked really well in the first film, but then it sort of died down throughout the other movies. Um, so I think it's, it's a good opportunity for him to get back to a really creative place and hopefully birth something really hilarious out of it. I mean, he directed one of my all-time favorite comedy films, which is Old School. And I, I hope, I forever hope that he'll get back to that sort of style and be able to present a movie that's as memorable as that one. Yeah, what, Old School was great because between the jokes, there were some real good serious moments especially with uh the will ferrell character you know with, mm -hmm. with his going through the divorce and and even the vince vaughn character had some really interesting stuff going on and luke wilson being the straight man in that movie so if he's able to recapture the sort of balance between drama and comedy i think the movie will will be half decent. I'm a little worried that this is a late August release, that it's a bit of a dumping ground. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's, you know, the studios being like, let's extend this gravy train and make the movie solid from May through August. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll be one that, you know, hopefully will be a hit, but it could very well be a miss by the time we get to the end of the summer season. Yeah. The the trailer looks interesting. Um, you know, a lot of people like to th say that you can't tell how good a movie is based on a trailer, mm -hmm. but I disagree with that. Like, there's been, I can probably count the amount of movies on one hand where there's been a bad trailer and the movie ended up being good. Yeah. <laughs> where I am very rarely wrong when I go, oh, that trailer looks bad. It's a bad movie. That trailer looks good. It's probably, you know, between good and great, at least. Mm -hmm, definitely. Uh, and this movie, the trailer for this, you should you should check it out. It definitely looks at least good. So I hope that this is this is not one of the very few handful of times where there's a good trailer to a bad movie. Yeah, let's hope. All right. Well, I think that basically wraps up talking about all of the big summer movies and some possible hidden gems that are coming out there's obviously tons more that's coming out uh but i think we covered a great deal of it yeah i mean we went through a lot of movies coming out this summer but there are tons more that you should definitely go check out and see if you're into it i know gamers out there are super excited for warcraft um we've got seth rogan's big film out of south by southwest sausage party people are really excited about that it's like adult humor an animated film uh, again, Neighbors 2 is coming out. We've got The Secret Life of Pets, another animated movie. So a lot of good stuff to look forward to in addition to what we've already talked about this for this summer. All right. Uh, so where can all of our listeners find you, Mahek? So I am out there in the social media sphere on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at WhatTheMahek, W-H-A-T-T-H-E-M-E-H-E-K. Perfect. And well, you can follow me at DGAPA and you can follow the show at ContraZoomPod. Make sure you check out liveandlimbo.com where all the show notes are going to be listed. And we'll also, uh, I'll include the list of all the movies that we did talk about as well. Uh, and depending on how I'm feeling, maybe there'll be links to the trailers in that as well. <laughs> let's hope so make sure you go check it out guys and thanks so much for having me back on dakota no problem at all it was a pleasure having you uh so thank you everyone for listening and uh happy summer movie watching bye for now